What up, what up, what up? Welcome to episode 25 of When the Hunt Calls. I'm your host, Cliff Cadet, and all I could say is wow. 25 episodes. Now I don't I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but uh I honestly didn't think I'd make it past 10 episodes. So if you listen regularly, thank you. And if you're listening to this for the first time, thanks for tuning in. So uh, real quick, I'd really appreciate it if y'all could check out the review section of the platform that you're listening to this on and bless me with a five-star review. I would honestly, honestly uh, appreciate it. Truly grateful for that. All right. So here we go. Episode 25. Now, my guest today is just one of the trio that makes up the owner's Hunter's Blend Coffee. Now, his name is Mike, and I'm not going to do him the injustice of trying to even pronounce his last name. So um, why have the owner of a coffee company as a guest of a, hunt- a hunting podcast, right? Um, well, I honestly wanted to speak to someone in a business where they didn't actually produce any archery or hunting related products, but they actually had a love of hunting and a love of the product that they were putting out and in this case that product is coffee so thank you again guys joining me for you know episode 25 sit back relax and enjoy my conversation with mike his last name you will hear him pronounce it himself when the interview begins all right guys enjoy and there we go all right mike hey how are we doing today brother good cliff how are you good thank you listen um i it would be a huge injustice if i were to try and pronounce your last name so i'm going to <laughs> let you introduce yourself it is episode. yes there will be a test yeah it's uh, i'm mike schwarzenfuber i'm with uh, hunter's blend coffee all right well thank you for joining us on this episode of when the hunt's call when the hunt calls i can't even say the name right myself no yeah. um i all right so here's the deal um, I really wanted to get familiar with your particular company, um, because I'm not going to lie. Um, whenever I one, I'm a big fan of your Instagram account. Um, oh, cool. you guys have me cracking up all the time. You have great content. <laughs> Thank um, you. but when, when I hear the name Hunter's blend, I'm not going to lie. Just the name alone invokes a vision of like getting up, uh, at like zero dark 30, uh, you know, getting my gear together, going out to hunt. Um, so is it safe to assume you guys, you, yourself, and, and your, I guess, partners are avid hunters? Yeah. So uh, Paul, my brother-in-law, in, he started importing coffee 16, 18 years ago, something like that. And he's mm. been a lifetime hunter. When I was, uh, I grew up on a farm in Iowa. I loved, I mean, some of my best memories growing up from home are, or actually involved the outside, you know, walking in to the house from the barn on a starry, like cold winter night, Iowa winter night, uh, just clear skies, just, um, amazing, you know, what you can see at night where there's not a lot of light around in the area or mowing hay in the summer, sitting there feeling the breeze. There's just, you know, I have a lot of those memories of being outside, but we did none of, nobody in my family hunted and, oh, really? uh, yeah, I mean, I was intrigued by it. You know, we had a little single shot twenty two, so go out and, you know, shoot rabbits in the backyard or something. But when I was around 13, uh, Ken, uh, brother-in-law, who's also a partner in Hunter's Blend, he was an, he's been a lifetime avid hunter. He came into the family. He took me under his wing, uh, taught me how to trap. I just, I did that through high school. I really enjoyed it. 
Paul joined the family, married another sister. There, there's seven kids in my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he married another sister, Grace, uh, a year or two later. Same thing. Paul came from uh, Northwest Pennsylvania, Deer Camp, you know, kind of background hunter all his life. So I I learned a lot vicariously to those guys. I, I subscribed to Outdoor Life when I was a kid, you know, um, a teenager. I just loved that. I never pursued hunting myself that much until my son, oh, I don't know what it is now, six, eight years ago, uh, when he was in middle school, he took an archery class. And wow. I took him, yeah, he, he was doing really well. So I took him to a neighbor of mine who's an avid lifetime hunter for some lessons. Well, I got bit. So, uh, I've been bow hunting now for, yeah, six or eight years. And so Ken and Paul, the other two partners, they are lifetime hunters. Um, I mean, I've been around it all my life. Like I said, trapping and some small game hunting as a, as a teenager, but didn't really pursue it until six or eight years ago. So what Paul was seeing in the, in the coffee business, um, a lot of the importers, the people that bring the coffee, even if the even if the retailer is a hunter friendly uh, coffee company, most of the co- almost all the coffee comes in through an import chain. Um, even mm-hmm. if the retailer knows the farmer, they might go down and meet the farmer, and, which is great. Um, but it's still coming up through the import chain, and the import chain is often very much Seattle, uh, Portland, San Francisco. Um, they don't. Uh, Probably not a lot of them at the at the National Wild Turkey Federation uh, <laughs> show, you know. Uh, let's just say it that way. So um, he saw a, kind of a a vacuum in the hunting industry. Like we don't really have our own uh, coffee, and so mm-hmm. you know. And a lot of times in hunting, you could you know I could probably go to <clears throat> Kroger's and or Piggly Wiggly or wherever and buy some unscented fragrance-free detergent uh, detergent or uh, laundry soap and take the wrapper off and put another wrapper on there with a deer sticker and call it outdoor soap and, and double the price, right? You could, mm-hmm. you, you, I, I'm not saying it's that cut and dried, but we, it, we can, some, you put a deer sticker on something, it just raises the price. And so this isn't that we're not taking an off the shelf coffee and rebranding it and calling it hunting coffee. We're actually, we do import directly from the farmers. There's no middlemen at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so along the way we realize, you know what, this is more than just coffee by hunters for hunters, which it is, mm-hmm. but, but, um, you know what, we're bypassing that part of coffee. That's maybe not so hunter friendly and, um, cause we buy it direct. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's really been the, the from the time it leaves the, the, the coffee farmer, it's actually been in the hands of hunters. Um, that's, that's what we do. We, we all hunt every year, uh, avidly and, uh, mo- we're all three of us are primarily whitetail uh, bow hunters. That's kind of our okay. thing, but Ken got a very nice, um, elk a couple years ago out in New Mexico. Uh, when I was a kid before, I think it might have even been before I met him or soon after he came into the family. I, I don't remember the time. It was before he shot a giant moose up in Canada. So, you know, there's been these, uh, you know, Paul and Ken both have gotten bear. Um, you know, so we do other types of hunting. But the day in and day out, you know, we, we all look forward to late September when uh, archery season starts. So that's kind of that's who we are. And, and so it's 
uh, we, we love coffee, so why not combine the two? Nice. See, I, I, I re totally respect your, your honesty. You're not just um, an opportunist, someone who's just like, wow, there's, there's like you said, um, an open market in the hunting industry for, you know, uh, a hunter's coffee. You know what I'm saying? And you guys didn't just, like you said, just slap a, a deer logo on it and then be like, oh, hey, yeah, this is Hunter's Coffee. You guys are a part of the hunting community and, you know, decided to, uh, you know, put something out there. But like you said, buy Hunter's for Hunter's. So that's really cool. All right. So let me let me ask you personally, what are what you said you're primarily uh, whitetail hunters. Um, is that probably your, your favorite game to hunt or are there other animals you like to hunt? That's what I have hunted mostly. Uh, for for me personally, I went on an elk trip uh, three years, four years ago with a buddy out in uh, mm -hmm. Wyoming, and uh, you know, quite in all fairness, it was a little premature for all three of us. Uh, so it turned <laughs> into an epic horseback camping trip, and we actually called a bull within maybe forty yards or something once. Uh, that was mm -hmm. kind of the high, highlight of the trip. <laughs> But, but uh, I would really like to do that again. Um, mm -hmm. I, would, I would like to do that. I, I would love to go on a bear hunt. Something that really intrigues me, I, I think I would just totally love. And it's not, it's not, a, it's not a, a whatever trophy animal. I would love to go on a hog hunt. I think that mm. would just be, I think that would be so cool. Um, so... Um, but yeah, we're we're all primarily whitetail. Uh, but yeah, Paul and Ken both got bear in, bears in the last I don't know three or four years, and I think they'd probably like to do that again too. So, um, but uh, yeah, whitetail's the I think for all of us is kind of the that's the main thing. All right. So now um, you touched on you know a little briefly about you know how hunters blend came about could you go a little bit more in detail like how'd you end up partnering with your brothers and in-laws right i'm gonna say bro is it brother-in-laws I, I, I think it's in law i think i think it's brothers-in-law yeah so my family's all really close the 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 in-laws are like siblings i mean I, I it feels like we're all just one family and nice. um so well, Paul was part of a church organization uh, for I don't know 15, 20 years, and a lot of his job was doing church support. Um, in a lot of it ended up being in Central America, Southeast Asia, places like that. So if they're in Central America, say Nicaragua, for for a meeting, um, it would be in the when hot season, so they'd have them up in the mountains. Well, those a lot of times it'd be on a coffee plantation or something because good coffee is grown at a high elevation. And a oh, lot wow. of what okay. they, yeah. So a lot of what they did was um, financial support for projects, community projects, church projects, and what have you. And he got to th seeing this revolving door. It was there. Good people worked very hard, but they just kind of year after year, like, hey, we need money for this. And it wasn't something they were proud of, but it was a partnership, and you know, it was the way it worked. And he he saw this kind of revolving door and wanted to look at how could, isn't there a way through business that these people could become more self-sustaining? Like what could he do to, and he's like, one time he was down and he's like, look, I'm here on a coffee plantation for this meeting. I just paid, you know, 13, 15 bucks for a bag of, you know, X brands, you know, Starbucks up, up home. Uh, and you guys are elbow deep in coffee. I, I would think you would be, you know, flush with cash and they kind of 
took him to uh, to school on it in uh, he came to realize that there's maybe five or six handlers between the farmer and up here. And each one really protects their sources and, and their selling, you know, cause mm-hmm. they want to protect their, their niche, obviously. And, and nobody mm-hmm. works for free. I mean, that's obviously the way the world works. So nothing wrong with that, but mm-hmm. the farmer's piece is very small. And so, um, Diego, the Nicaraguan farmer, he said, you know, when the coffee prices are high, it's, I don't have any coffee. And then, the years where I have a lot of coffee, coffee prices are low and it's, it is that kind of supply and demand thing. So mm. it was a lengthy process, but, uh, Paul became a direct importer. He had to help the farmers get up as set up as exporters. And, um, there's a lot of trust involved because that, what can happen there is if you're not going through a broker, the, the farmer could say, Hey, here's a sample. I'll send you this. Great the coffee shows up and it's, it's crap, you know, or it's very, it's a lot poor. Maybe you paid for an 86 grade coffee and they send you an 83 or, or an 80 or whatever. Like, uh, and that's the thing. Co- uh, Hunter's blend is a very high, it's a specialty grade coffee. It scores out around 86, uh, give or take puts it in the top 6% of coffee. So it's actually, nice. yeah, you're paying for what you get. It's, it's a high grade, the, the higher the grade coffee, the more you're paying for it, but that's why it's smoother um, and it's well roasted too. So there's a, there's a, uh, uh, you know, a part on the roasters part, which is what Paul does to roast it properly. But that's why a lot of times with cheaper coffee, everybody got to put cream in it because, you know, you got to smooth out that, that bitter, those, those notes. And, uh, when you get to a high grade coffee, some people still use creamer, but it's not, it loses those, those bitter notes or whatever. So, um, there has to be a lot of trust between the buyer and the farmer that he's going to um, uh, produce, uh, you know, and ship what he has said he will. And uh, he's dependent on the buyer to, you know, so um, there's a, though being able to buy direct really started many years before he ever started buying the coffee. It came out of a relationship of trust long term. Then the purchase, then the buying started. It, it'd be a little rough to just to go out of the blue, wander around down there and find somebody that you could build the uh, that relationship with. So um, I forget what your your original question was. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's a it's a it's a good tangent to go off on because like like I mentioned before, I really want to introduce um, my listeners who, like I said, my target audience are newer hunters. And you're like I said, uh, so I wanted to learn more about the company. So this is awesome. Yeah, this is like an good. education on on you know uh, I guess just building a coffee company. <laughs> right. If, yeah. If yeah. Um. So are you guys direct to consumer or do you guys sell in stores as well? Well, we do both. Uh, it's it's primarily direct to consumer. Everything's going so much, you know, online these days. It's easy just to go online, put a credit card in, or go to Amazon and you you know use your account and. Uh, so that we started out maybe more with the intent of, of working primarily with retailers. And we do, we, we, we have independent, we're always open and happy to work with independent retailers. We'd we'd love to have more. I mean, that's because if a guy can go to the local hunting shop in the summertime to, Hey, I need another bag of coffee stops in, you know, who's to say he's not going to pick up a a back, a a box of uh, broadheads or a box of shells or, you know, while he's in there, hopefully it's, and it does, we hear that from people. It it makes a good relationship. We got, I'll tell you what, we've got a, uh, a retailer up in Michigan, kind of out, not near a big town. 
He's an Amish guy. He his his building is literally a ten by twenty shed. He's open oh. on he's open uh, evenings and Saturdays. I think is his hours. And he calls up on a regular basis and orders another case of coffee. And I figure if he can sell, you know, every now and I don't know every month or two he's calling. Uh, two or three months he's calling up buying another case. So it it's a, it's just a perfect fit. It's, and it's a consumable. So any retailer can. Um, uh, it, it's a reason for the customers to come in on a little more regular basis if they want to stop in and buy their coffee. So anyways, yeah, definitely happy to work with retailers, but for, uh, the, the significant majority of it is uh, online sales. Nice, nice. All right, can I ask, all right, uh, I know, you know, the, the country's dealing with this pandemic and stuff like that. <laughs> A right. lot of companies have been affected. Were you guys affected in any way or has business been, you know, stayed steady uh, throughout, you know, the stay at home orders, the, you know, all the different stuff the government's uh, imposed? Yeah, that's uh, um, strictly on the coffee side. It's actually uh, I forget which month it was. Was it April? We actually had a it, we saw a little bit of a spike up, I think, just with more people being at home and needing something to do or whatever. So it, it has not negatively affected that now. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, uh, um, yeah. Interesting times we're living in to say the least. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, no, it's that, that thankfully that hasn't, um, yeah. Affected the, yeah, the, because they're all primarily online direct sales. And so that's mm -hmm. been allowed to continue. So thankful for that for sure. I hear you. I hear you. Now, um, you partner with a couple of, um, well, not a couple. I think I know you're associated with working class bow hunters. Yeah. 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 Um, now, um, are there any other groups or any other people within the hunting industry you guys work with, you know what I'm saying, associate yourselves with? Yeah, I mean, we partner with a, a handful of different uh, podcasts. Um, Ralph and Vicky are uh, Cian Cirillo with the Choice Archers Choice. They're they've been really good friends for us in the industry. Uh, they're just they're really unique people. Um, they don't like they're. I mean, we're we're so far down on their totem pole, right? But they mm -hmm. they give us. Um, I mean, we're not, you know, title sponsors or anything like that. And, mm -hmm. but they give us all kinds of respect and care and insight and time. And, uh, they're just really loyal people. And we really appreciate that relationship. Uh, we're, we, uh, we partner with, um, organizations like the national wild Turkey Federation and places like that, where they, you know, help them with fundraisers, things like that. Um, the uh, the one that we really try to encourage people to pay attention to is Sportsman's Alliance. Okay. Uh, Sportsmen's it's spelled M E N S Sportsmen's Alliance, but it's a one. Of, it's they they basically um, you know it, if the elk numbers and the turkey habitat those kind of things don't really matter if we lose our freedoms to hunt, and that's that's what Sportsman's Alliance does. They they I know last year they were monitoring about 500 uh, potential court cases or, you know, uh, cases that were pending or, or proposed legislation that would limit hunting, fishing, trapping on some level. 
and it's crazy the the attack from you know the that mindset of people it's constant and so sportsman's alliance does a good job of making the public aware of it and uh if necessary they will go to court on the bigger cases but their their funding is like a, a hundredth of 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 these big like um humane society usa and, and organizations like that so they have to be super careful with i forget the ratio but it's a fraction of um of, of those big organizations so we just think we really encourage people to um, join with sportsman's alliance you can join just like the nra or whatever mm -hmm. and um they're they're working on sportsman's alliance is working on a um, a program with schools where they can okay. uh, be like a club for and it's ca called conservation outdoors um okay. conservation outdoors i believe um to try to help in the younger we can introduce uh kids to hunting and understand that it is conservation and where your food comes from and and all of that um uh, the more we we can educate people the, the better off we're going to be and i think it starts with us as hunters interpersonally sometimes mm -hmm. we're our, our own worst enemy um you know if, if the person uses the wrong implement or you mm -hmm. know you know you, you didn't you use you know you shouldn't have taken that shot and and not not that we I believe we need to hold each other accountable. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But on social media, the, the infighting that we do and the criticizing that, you know, this guy goes and, oh, he shot it. Oh, uh, this thing behind a high fence. Well, if it's legal, if it's um, the following goal. the game lawns, you know, yeah. it's I don't have to like it or I can. It doesn't matter. But let's not stab each. If we stab each other in the back, PETA doesn't even have to get out of the bed in the morning. We, we do the work for him. And we're already only six uh, six percent of the population. We can't afford to cab. You know, pretty soon it's only the guy who's out with a loincloth and a homemade bow that's a legitimate hunter, right? I mean, it gets <laughs> it feels like it gets ridiculous after a while. You know, let's let's support each other now, and we don't have to put up with law breaking and and um, poaching or anything. And poaching, like that. no, De I'm not definitely right. definitely unacceptable. Yeah. So, but let's. And I think. Uh, Sportsman's Alliance does a really good job if, uh, you know, rather than cutting each other down, if we can talk to the neighbor across the fence and at least explain to them what hunting is about, what it does, you know, to pop, you know, like up where you're at, if you guys don't, if, if they restrict hunting on Long Island or whatever it is, then they got to go spend, what is it, $30,000 a deer to go in there and try to sterilize them or whatever these programs Dude, are? I'm, I'm going to plug an article if you haven't read it read it already by patrick durkin on meateater.com and he wrote an article about what's going on in staten island staten, staten okay. all right so, yeah, so well long island is, is from what i understand is great for deer hunting it's just that okay it's so far it's so far out east from the city it's it's really not that that uh what's the word feasible for me to go out there and hunt but right. uh, in, within the five boroughs of New York City, you know, Bronx, Manhattan, Queens, Brooklyn, Staten Island, no hunting is permitted whatsoever. Yeah. Right. But Staten Island has um, a but a growing deer population that rather than allow bow hunting, um, they're neutering these yeah. deer. Yep. And, and it's costing the city so much money. And... It's, and the fact is, I heard whispers of this story maybe about a year ago. Didn't know how true it was or what the the uh, uh, the stats were. And then Patrick Durkin put out the article, and I was just like, 
New York City town. Now, to me, considering the amount of um, the number of what do you call it, uh, food banks we have, um, food bank programs, things like that. I heard um, a little over a year ago. I can't recall what podcast it was, but um, I heard the podcaster interviewing a gentleman from the Washington D.C. area where they initiated an urban archery program, which is what it is. Yeah. And it's uh, you basically get a, a large number of tags and you're hunting literally in people's backyards. You you go door to door, just like, you know, yep. normal hunters do to get permission to hunt private property, um, get permission to hunt the property. And if you're lucky, you get a you get a landowner who's tired of the deer ruining, um, you know, their plants um, around their homes and. Literally, these deer are harvested, and the meat is used to feed the people within the community. You know what I'm saying? So, yep. why not? Yep. Why not do that? I, I I'm sorry, I, I'm going off on a little bit uh, of a rant. No, but, absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. But I just, I just see, I just see what's going on in my city right now in terms of, of you know, uh, families going hungry and such, and then even now with people forced to stay at home because of coronavirus. And it hit our city bad. It was crazy overtime. I work six days a week. And um, there were a couple of food banks open. And the lines of these food banks were going around the block. Now, imagine oh. if come the fall, we were permitted as bull hunters to hunt private land in Staten Island and harvest these deer to put in these food banks freezers. You know, saying to be able to give to these people, you know, saying so they're not starving, so their their families aren't going without meals or anything like that. It's it really honestly it pisses me the hell off. you know, it's it's just unfortunately too much common sense. But because think about it, what are the things that we're being told that we should be doing? We should be buying local. We should be buying free range meat yada 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 and and uh cage free and okay well what exactly is a deer except all of those things and if you don't allow hunters to harvest them then we're going to take taxpayer money large amounts of taxpayer money to sterilize them and that's still that's like running up the down escalator because you're never going to quite <laughs> you know you're never going to quite get there so you're just perpetually doing that and and the thing the funny thing about it is they 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 smuggle in a moral argument into a scientific in other words it's just simply science if you manage the herd properly it will uh you're not going to kill it off you're going to you're going humans are the only ones with the intelligence to manage numbers like that right mm -hmm. if you just release wolves they'll they'll kill them off till they till they're gone then they'll move off to another area and let them come back that's not really management we can manage those numbers. So to say that we shouldn't shoot deer, but it's okay to the gro go to the grocery store and buy beef, uh, we've, we, we've smuggled in a funny moral argument that doesn't hold any water to anything. Like, what is that mm -hmm. moral based on? Mm -hmm. it's, you, you know, what you're, you, that's a whole other philosophical question, but no, we, I, we've smuggled in a moral argument. What What is it based on? It's, you know, I'm pretty sure it's not based on let's say, uh, a Christian worldview or, or the Bible, right? It's not based Agreed. on that. So it's based on something. What is the basis for this universal moral argument that says we shouldn't kill deer, but it's okay to eat beef? That's a, you know, it's a, 
Anyways, that's a whole topic for, uh, another, uh, for another day. I, but <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're both getting up on our, on our soapboxes. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> all right, all yeah. right. So um, let's let's round this interview out because um, I just got um that package of Hunter's Blend in the mail. So oh, I nice. want to say thank yeah, you. Yeah. I want to say thank yep. you for that. Yes, but, sir. But the thing is, I'll be honest. I haven't had uh, a cup of coffee um regularly as i should say since i was running marathons um and i used to drink coffee every morning before run so um, i normally ask to, to end the to end the interview i normally ask my guests you know to give a tip um you know to a new hunter um a rookie hunter and so on i'm gonna keep it coffee related and say to a novice coffee drinker right <laughs> what is the best way to enjoy you know a cup of a uh, hunter's blend you know, that's I am about as not uh, uh, a coffee snob in in that department as anybody. I literally make mine in a, in a regular drip brewer. There's, mm. uh, you know, you can really get into uh, French press and, and a lot of uh, stuff like that. That's you know, people enjoy. They feel like it makes a a better cut. But if you uh, if somebody's n- never tried a better grade of coffee, um, you know, it it might um, it could seem funny to spend a little bit more for, for a bag of coffee. So if you, if you ever get a chance to try a better grade of coffee, uh, do it without cream and see what happens. Now you may mm-hmm. still want to put your cream in there, but chances are we've had so many people tell us, Hey, I don't, I don't need to put creamer in anymore because the coffee is so smooth. So, um, I'd say, you know, whatever's convenient. In fact, our K cups, the single cups, that is typically considered kind of like the low end of how you can make coffee, right? Because it's, mm-hmm. it's packaged, it's been set in for so long. We actually pack ours fresh, and right. the, the seal on, on the lid allows us to put fresh coffee in. Normally, you have to let it degas, which means it goes slightly stale before you put it in the K-cup. So that otherwise, after you fresh roast and grind coffee... Um, it, it lets off a gas. If you don't have a, a way to release that pressure, it'll burst the packaging. So our mm. K cups are actually have a, the way this, the lid works, it'll allow that pressure to escape and then it'll seal back up. So you actually nice. get a really, really fresh cup, cup of coffee in, in the uh, single cup. So, uh, that works really well too. Nice. Nice. All right. So, um, while, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, when, and I say I enjoy that first cup of coffee. Yeah. I will be letting you know. Yeah, but um, for for my um, listeners, please let us know where we could find you guys on social media, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, whatever, wherever you guys are. Where can we find you? Yes, uh, all the social media platforms. It's on uh, under Hunter's Blend. Uh, Facebook. We're starting back over from scratch. We had uh, a nice uh, page built, and through a long uh, long story. It's no longer there. We're starting over from scratch on that one. So that, that's kind of right. inter- interesting. And then uh, you can order huntersblendcoffee.com or on Amazon, either one. So, And I, I just want to say to you, Cliff, I, I'm really glad for what you're doing. You're bringing in a different perspective. And I think that just breathes fresh life into, into hunting. You know, you're up in the New York area. You're a new hunter uh, telling your story as you go. I think that's really cool because um, it brings maybe, I don't know if the word is the innocence uh, of hunting back or the purity. Mm, You know, you're just learning as you go 
and uh, just being real along the way. I I just think that's really cool. So I, I appreciate you doing uh, that. Thank you for the kind words, man. I truly appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Because you've been, what, two years now or something? No. Uh, uh, well, I bought my bow next month. will make three years since I've three. owned owned yeah. a bow. But I didn't start hunting until last fall. Okay. Um, so I literally, um, I think January of last year was when I made the decision I wanted to hunt. Then um, so fall of 2019, I went out deer hunting for a little bit of a debacle. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But a learning experience nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. That, then last month, um, I went turkey hunting for the first time and got my first turkey. Yes, that's right, right. Uh, so, Congratulations. That's thank cool. you, thank you. <laughs> How was your heart rate? Uh, oh, through the roof. <laughs> you, you know what it was about that was I, um, while I was ecstatic over having my first bow kill, over my first hunting kill period, I was more impressed to myself with the, uh, the shot that I took. Yeah. Because I was sitting on my butt with my legs kicked out in front of me. Oh. And I shot over my over a wall and my hunting buddy. Oh, wow. To make that oh, wow. shot. Oh. shot. Can I make the shot? Right, and I was, right. yeah, like he literally made that. So he, he didn't speak. He just went like this. And I, and I whispered to him, if you drop down to the ground, I can make that shot. And he didn't wow. even respond. He just turned back and then dropped down to the ground, laid flat. I drew my bow back. I popped up over the wall and I let the arrow fly. Wow. Yeah. So that's a, I uh, was, you know, that's a pretty deep friendship there. That's like uh, <laughs> William Tell stuff there. But, but you know what's funny is that's the only. That's only the second time I had um, met the guy. Oh wow! So li- wow. literally, um, he is. I gotta give him a shout out I, again. I, I will every time I can. His name is Anthony Bamback, and he is a rookie police officer off of White Plains Police Department out here in New York. Um, just graduated police academy That's a couple right. weeks yes, back. Yes, I heard. I heard that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yep. So um, and uh, we met a couple of months ago on Instagram, and then um. He invited me. He is the assistant director of a deer management program of a preserve about less than an hour from my home, yeah. um, which is huge. And he offered it up to me to, to be a part of the program and to hunt deer there this fall. Um, so when I inquired about turkey hunting there, um, what we did was we met up one um, that the preserve, we walked, we hiked the preserve, then we hiked the public land all around it. Um, and then about um, a week later, he took me out. He called me up. He was supposed to go hunting with someone else. Um, further up, you are on public land on day two of the season, and um, and I it, everything you know came together around like ten thirty that morning, and got my first bird. Nice. Yeah, and you jumped up a few rungs on the ladder there because a lot of people start hunting with gun and then and then turkey, that's a little tougher. And then a turkey with a bow is even tougher. So that's quite a place to start from. That's pretty – that's awesome. That's what that's what I've heard. That's what I heard. But I, yep. I really – in my heart of hearts, I really want to get out deer hunting. Um, I Right now, it's busy at work. Like I said, I'm working six days a week. Yeah. But um, hopefully by July, I'll be able to get out to that public land and begin scouting. Nice. Yeah, well, good luck. Thank you, brother. So listen – Thank you very much for, for coming on here, speaking with me. Let me know about your hunting experience. Letting me know 
about Hunter's Blue. I really look forward to enjoying it. Thank you, and I appreciate you reaching out, and thanks for the opportunity. No doubt, brother. Have a blessed day. You too, man. Yep. All right, y'all. Just want to thank Mike of Hunter's Blend Coffee uh, once again, you know, for taking the time out to speak with me today. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. Um, I do have a package of Hunter's Blend Coffee sitting on the counter in my kitchen. But if I could stop procrastinating and get out to the store and get some coffee filters, uh, I'll probably enjoy a cup pretty soon. And I highly encourage that you guys do the same. You know what I'm saying? So now you guys, you know, the listeners, thank you again for rocking out with me. Um, you know, for some 25 episodes isn't a huge deal, but it means a lot to me um you know i really enjoy recording these podcasts um learning from the different people and i truly hope that you guys enjoy listening and learning with me all right so like i always like to close these out remember respect the journey even when it's not your own especially if it's not your own and y'all stay blessed